You're listening to another episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Listen to them all at smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. The Small Business Saturdays podcast. With your host and my husband. And my dad, Aaron Montgomery. Join the conversation. Let's talk some business. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome into Small Business Saturdays. My name's Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me at oursuccessgroup.com. We are continuing through our Fundamentals of Business Success series here. We are into week number three, where today we're going to talk about deciding what you require. So I'm excited to, to chat with you about this and just keep digging into this. Here's the, the fun part is, you know, we've covered similar topics. And so what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to tie all these things together into this roadmap. You know, so we started off with empower yourself talking about, you know, taking 100% responsibility, what we can do to, to be more responsible for our own outcomes, the E plus R equals O formula, all of that fun stuff. Last week, we talked about finding your purpose and kind of living in your significance and, and why that mattered to a business in a, in a sense where how do we focus on that? How do those things intersect? Where do we find that? And then how do we just continue to get more clarity on it? It, it's, it is something that isn't going to just be like, oh, you know, again, we've got to dig out from years and years of programming to be able to really get down into what our, our purpose is. And, and then we start then marrying that together with what we're trying to do inside of our business, you know, as we build that. And then today we're going to be getting into decide what you require. As I talked about, you know, this is the, the roadmap, so to speak. And after you found your purpose or, or really, you know, at least started clarifying it. Right. And like I just said, we're not, I don't, think that, you know, if your purpose just came up for you and it was like, oh my gosh, I've got clarity, light bulb moment, boom, perfect. That's, that's also good. But the reality is for most of us, it takes some work. It took me about two to three years. And still to this day, I think about it on an annual basis, at least, and, and just kind of make sure that is this right? Right. It, it, did I really get it right with all that work that I did to do it? And I'm a little bit hard-headed, so it might not take you that long. You know, maybe it's just a little bit of work, you know, maybe a, a good couple, you know, hours chunked out at a time, really working through what your values are, understanding what it is that you lose all track of time doing, and then also maybe thinking about the opposite of the things that really get under your skin. That part, but then once we're there and we and we start tying that to our business, it really becomes uh, the the vehicle for fulfilling that purpose and then obtaining the things that you desire isn't then the next step in the roadmap. So um, dark chocolate for Christine specifically, if anybody's asking, and there's another thing that we'll get to later on in this series, uh, ask, ask, ask. So there you go. Perfect. Christine is a star student here. <laughs> All right. So when we talk about this, right, so purpose, and then it leads to getting what we desire and, and those things that we truly desire Hey everyone, Aaron here real quick. Sorry for the brief interruption. If you are getting anything out of Small Business Saturdays, please head over to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash SBS. We're going to send you some free resources and give you some more information about our success group and how we might be able to help your company even more. Thanks for tuning in. Now back to the podcast. Trying to 
figure out the best way to, to put this, because what happens for a lot of us is that we might go, oh, gosh, I can't desire things. You know, if I say I want this, I'm too materialistic, I'm greedy, I'm selfish. You know, all of those words come up and, um, you know, materialism, all that stuff. And my argument with that is when we are focused on our purpose, all of those things are just kind of the the icing on the cake. When we're focused on our purpose and we're deciding what we desire, the reality of what we desire is to do the things that we're supposed to do and to expand, to get better, to grow, to learn. All of those things are really what we desire to do. And like I said, the, you know, okay, that's how much money do we make? And um, all of the other things that might seem materialistic, those are just the, <laughs> what you reap because of the good that you did. And and it's a measuring stick and it's just a way to, because we all deserve to grow and expand, right? And um, so when we're talking about this, we, we need to kind of build that part of success. You know, pe- we just don't spend enough time getting real clear on what we desire, right? And yes, we, we can pick some things out, but have you ever really spent a decent amount of time with truly trying to figure out what we desire. So um, let's look at it this way. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this gentleman. He's pretty well known. His name's Lou Holtz. Uh, He's most famously known, I would say, for being the head football coach of Notre Dame football for a long time. Very um, popular and uh, just kind of a legend around him. Well, one of the stories that he tells is a story about his 101 goals list. And I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about this before, but let me just kind of quickly summarize it for you. He was at a place where he didn't have a job and he was trying to figure out what he was going to do with his life and uh, newly married younger guy, his, his wife was working. And while she was off at work, he was trying to figure out what he was going to do. And um, he decided that he would write down a list of the 100 things that he wanted out of out of life from from the things from the experiences from the things he wanted to do from the uh you know difference he wanted to make 101 excuse me 100 goals that uh, he wanted to achieve in his lifetime and um so he did that he was all excited about it. his wife came home from work and he said uh to her hey look at this you know i'm so proud of this this these are the 100 things i'm going to do in my lifetime and, and she said, Oh, that's great, honey. Can you make it 101 goals list? Uh, make that 101, one, uh, goal to get a job. <laughs> so he, that was his 101 goals. He got a job and, and not, I don't know the exact timing of it. Obviously it's not my story, but, um, he got the job as the Notre Dame football coach. But what happened because he took the time to get real clear on all the things he wanted out of his life, um, that he was able to then start checking those things off and he put it out into the universe. And, you know, so one of the things he wanted to do was to go on a a submarine ride. And so one of the young men that he coached at Notre Dame went on to become the uh, captain admiral, whatever they're called of a, of a submarine. And he knew that his coach wanted to ride on a submarine. And so he had an opportunity to reach out to him and say, Hey coach, I know you want to ride on a submarine. 
I'm the admiral of this sub. Would you like to come out to San Diego and join me? Guess what? He went out and wrote on that sub. So the, the point being here is we, we got to spend some time getting clear on that and then doing the things to then make those things happen. Now, that, that story of the submarine was just one of the hundred things. If you've ever tried to do this, you sit down and and yes, the things that come out first are, you know, whatever the material things, the car, the house, the the job, the people in, uh, you know, the, the significant other, the um, accolades, uh, the, those things w will come out. You're right. That's kind of what society is pointing to is, is what we should look for. But once you get past about 30, 40 or so on your list, you're going to start finding that, wow, um, it's actually a lot harder than I thought. I, I, you know, you would think that, gosh, yeah, I know what I want. You know, I'm an adult. Right. And it gets a lot harder. But then then the things start coming out. You know, you want to support people. Uh, you want to do things. You want to give back. You want to be able to donate. You want you know, and this is where the growth all happens. So um, let's let's start there with that kind of mindset here. And uh, let me see what Christine's got for us here. She says it's risky to admit that you want things and to ask because asking means you may not get what you want. The paradox of this is that not asking certainly means you won't get what you want. So taking the risk is always better, even though it also scarier. Absolutely. And and Christine, your point there, I think, is is very well made. Um, but I just want to hit home the, the big part of if you don't ask, you'll never get it. So there's a zero percent chance. So even if you have a point zero 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 one percent chance of getting it, if you ask. That's still better than the zero, absolute zero percent chance of you getting it without asking. So really good point. Thank you for sharing that, Christine. Uh, much appreciated. All right. So here's the deal when it comes to these desires. And hopefully we've kind of started clearing up the fact that when we talk about desires, it's not to, you know, greed and materialism and all that other. That's all part of it, right? That's the measuring stick. That's what you earn for the work that you do, the growth that you have, the things that you bring to the world, the universe, whatever your community, the people around you, the people you love most, all of those things that you do in that realm brings on those other things, the houses, the cars, the this, that, and the other thing. So with all that being said, if you think back, and I don't, I know I can't, but if anybody can really clearly remember when they were a brand new baby, <laughs> which I believe would be none of us, but we all start off our lives with an extreme clear understanding of what it is that we desire. And the other part about it, even though we don't know how to speak verbally, we know how to ask for it, right? You are hungry. What do you do? You cry until somebody feeds you and you get louder and louder and louder and louder and louder and louder and louder, and louder, and louder until somebody feeds you. Um, heck, I uh, remember a time when um, my oldest son, when he was a baby, was uh, desired something so badly and we couldn't quite figure out what it was that he needed in the middle of the night. And, and uh, he, he cried so much he made himself sick. Right. So we, we don't give up. We have this, you, you need a new outfit and a new diaper. Guess what? Yeah. Ask for it. And, and so that's where we start out. And, and even as we get a little bit older, we don't have any inhibitions. We, 
in whatever mode of transportation we're at in that moment, whether it's crawling or walking or wiggling or rolling or whatever that cuteness might be out of that, that younger child, uh, that we go towards what we want. Right. And that's when it starts. That's when this piling on of, of all of these things start to happen. Oh, don't, you know, the, and it all comes out of a good place. The protection starts happening. Oh, don't fall down that. Don't, you know, grab that sharp thing. Don't, you know, all of these things start happening to us. And really it's a, it becomes a learned behavior. And yes, it's awesome that parents do that because it keeps their kids safe, right? That's a parent's number one job. At least that's the way my wife and I look at our job as parents is our absolute number one job is to keep our kids safe but not keep them so safe that they don't learn and grow, right? So we had to kind of find that balance. And do we do it right every time? Absolutely not. I, I sit and think about stuff like this and I think to myself, gosh, what have I, what have I install in my son, especially my youngest son, Lewis, now because I'm a lot more enlightened. My older son, Keegan, uh, he didn't have a chance because I <laughs> didn't know all this stuff at the time, but he has uh, turned out very well anyhow. So I, <laughs> I'm blessed there, but we we end up, you know, getting to that point where it's, you know, don't touch that. No, you don't want that. Stop crying. And, and we start to less and less ask for what we want. And a lot of people, it even gets worse from there, you know, and, and they, they get, protected even more, you know, from the things that we really want. But, but they were, again, trying to protect us. But what ends up happening is we stop pursuing things. And now we start pursuing somebody else's desires. So, you know, obviously, I can't have a show of hands here. But just to yourselves, think about this. And, and not that this is a negative thing, if this can bring you towards what you desire, but think about college and, and the four-year university experience that we have in our society, especially in the United States here, and, and what that entails. How many kids go off to college because they really want to, right? Most kids end up going, not, not most kids, I would say a decent number, and, and this is basically kind of polling my friends and the people that I've known, uh, not realistically polling, but just in conversations that I've had and, and getting to know them that, or, or just societal pressure to go get a degree. And again, I'm not saying anything negative about the degree or that you shouldn't go. If it's right for you, you should go. The point is, if it's not right for you, why are we going, you know, most times at that time in our lives, we are technically an adult, uh, you know, though we're, we're still younger and, and still uh, very interactive with our parents and whatnot. But a lot of people end up building themselves into this massive debt hole that they can't get themselves out of very easily because they were going to fulfill somebody else's interest and desires and that you needed this to get to where you want. And so that's kind of, again, that builds on then the next layer. And then the next layer is maybe, you know, people are getting into relationships so they can provide a grandbaby to their parents or, you know, something like that. Maybe we 
you know, go get that nine to five job because our parents want us to have that comfort level. And instead we're very creative and, and artistic and, and would be better suited to go out and maybe start a decorating business where you can live in that creativity and, and do for yourselves and, and all that other stuff. So we're, we, we end up being told to stop being selfish and put everyone else first. But what if, what if you fulfilled your desires, you decided what you wanted and then created success so that at that point of, again, growing and lifting that you're also then bringing everybody else along with you, you know, that you have enough success that you can go out and fill others up and encourage them to do the things that they desire without worry and to build up the community around us and to support people and things like that. So we got to stop living other people's dreams. And again, this comes from a place of people not necessarily trying to hurt you. They're trying to protect you in their minds. And this is what we do almost naturally. And I'm not sure if this is actually a natural instinct that we're just um, because of the way the world changes, it doesn't serve us anymore. Or if this is something that has been built into our society over time and, uh, and, and we have not been able to kind of overcome that because again, it becomes a balance of protecting people and helping people, but doing it in a way where we're not crushing their dreams and desires. So I, I want to look at it from a business standpoint where we are here on small business Saturdays. And so as I'm, thinking about, you know, okay, how does this look for somebody that's in business? And um, as somebody who has been involved in starting businesses, you know, I'm still in the startup phase here with our success group and whatnot. We, we launch or grow a business through what's kind of been determined to be this traditional model. This is the thing that's being, you know, really shoved down, um, everybody's throats. And, and again, I, I get it from an encouragement standpoint and to go after your dreams and, and all that side of it. But the idea here is, you know, you just got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You got to hustle, you got to grind, you got to outwork the entire planet. Um, and, and that leads us to saying yes to every single opportunity that comes along. It leads us to saying yes to every single job. And, um, that is kind of the model. That's the model that I think most people feel is necessary. I believe that we need to take action, but I believe that that is actually a quick, super quick way to failure. Now, here's my point that I know that occasionally somebody will get lucky. Things will fall into place. They'll have the contacts and, and yes, that will turn into a sustainable business that they can enjoy and, and have some fun with and, and not just work themselves to death. Have you heard about the five keys of business success called growing and launching your business? It's an online training program and you can check it out at oursuccessgroup.com forward slash five keys. 
While there, you can purchase the valuable online training modules and resources. It's over five hours of small bite-sized video training sessions broke out into 25 modules. Plus, there are 26 specific action steps designed to cement the training and get you into action on building the right foundation. You also get tools you need beyond the five hours of proven training, like spreadsheets, example forms that you can use and make your own, plus policy and marketing templates and more. The Five Keys of Business Success is designed to help you learn to price your products for profit, enjoy confidence in your marketing, have an efficient workflow and process, wow your customers with amazing service, and know exactly what it costs to be in business each day. Skip the alternative of feeling lost and overwhelmed and stop losing money or not even knowing where you're at until it's too late. Invest in the Five Keys online training program today to get the foundation you deserve for your small business. Go to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash five keys. I think there's a better model. And I think it's really what we're talking about here. And that's why I'm so excited about what the success principles mean for a small business, because I believe we can build a roadmap around this kind of a process. So as we know kind of what our, our purpose is, uh, that it, it helps us kind of then get clarity on who we should be dealing with, the projects we should be doing, all of those things. And so this better process it requires you to, to not work yourself to death, and but instead helps you find a guardrail to keep yourself from those catastrophic events. And what we end up having to learn how to do, though, is learn how to say no and instead focus on what we desire. So if somebody comes to you with a project that doesn't get you excited that it doesn't really fit, that your gut's sitting there telling you, boy, this could lead to disaster. This could be a terrible thing that I, I don't really know what I'm getting into. I need to say no to this. Everybody else around me is telling me to say yes. We need to understand that it is our responsibility. If we go back to empowering ourselves, it's our responsibility to put our foots down and say, this just isn't for me, right? I need to stop chasing your desire. And that's, and you're not going to say that necessarily, but you need to say this to yourself that I am going to stop chasing somebody else's desire. Can you support that person that's looking for help with that project? Absolutely. Maybe it's a referral. Maybe it's giving them some suggestions, some other ideas. And ultimately, maybe it's just saying no to the project in that way. A lot of times that will help them kind of reframe things, rethink about it, get a new perspective on things. And then they might come back to you with a similar project that actually fits what it is that you want to do, right? So, um, you know, if somebody came to me and said, hey, Aaron, I've got this great opportunity for you to just teach people how to do um, the, the basics of Facebook ads and then funnels and landing pages. And, and it, you know, you're just going to focus on that and, um, you know, I'm going to pay you a whole bunch of money to do that and all sort of stuff. I would say no, because that's not what it is that I do. Yes, I can help with those things. Yes, I have some abilities in those areas, but is it what I ultimately want to do? No. What I ultimately know that is my purpose and the thing that I desire to do is to see people become successful in the right way, to see people become successful in that mindset of knowing that what they desire, what they want is important. And what they desire and what they want should also lead to 
the material things that they need, the money, the, the, the other things like that. So when we empower ourselves, then this changes pretty drastically. And so I want to make sure I'm hitting all my notes here. So I apologize for that. Um, so we're going to layer on the other 10 steps as we, we go forward here. But the idea here is when we decide what we desire in our business, meaning we get real clear on what it is that we do, the problems that we solve, how that fulfills our purpose and what we can do to empower that. You know, so we stop worrying about the things that we have no control over. We start focusing on the things that we do have control over. We start pointing those focuses towards what it is that we believe our purpose in life is and the purpose that then carries on to be why we're in business. And then we start focusing on the things that we desire. Who are the customers that we want? What are the products we want to make? What are the services we want to provide? How do we want to show up? Right. You know, so we'll get into some, um, some things next week when we start, start talking about reigniting self-trust, but a big part of reigniting self-trust is to start acting as if, right? If you want to be a million dollar business, then you need to act like you're a million dollar business right now. Because if you don't start acting like you're a million dollar business right now, you will not be a million dollar business because you can't get over the fact that you're not ready and willing to chase that desire. And, and sometimes that desire means, you know, faking it a little bit, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I know we, people talk about faking it till you make it. It's not necessarily faking it till you make it. It's overcoming your limiting belief. So you're faking your limiting belief. So anyhow, we'll get into more of that next week where we have to believe it's possible to really get there. But when we talk about our, our desires or, or goals or whatever you want to call it, there's the, the first thing that we need to do to start overcoming some of these things that we've talked about here. So we start off talking about the fact that a lot of this stuff is installed in us in a, in an early age. And then that's kind of carries on throughout our lives. And then we start doing some of these things to ourselves, you know, Oh, I've got to be a people pleaser. I got to help everybody else. And, and again, I'm not, uh, I'm <laughs> recovering people pleaser myself. So we, we have to start saying the things that we desire. Now, one of the things that I think can happen a lot is, you know, people ask us and then we have to kind of pick, but if you don't have a desire, then you have to be clear about that and say, I, I am completely. And then, but then you have to be fine with it. You can't go, Hey, and this is what I was really well known for. And I'm sure my wife will say, I still do this. And I, it's something I work on, but I go, Oh, I don't care. And then we go and I go, Oh, well, this isn't all that great. I actually wanted this. Right. So, this is how we we start overcoming these layered on things that have happened to us is we have to very first start every decision that comes our way. We have to, even if it's not, we have to pretend again, fake it a little bit until we overcome these limiting beliefs and, and blocks. And we have to pretend that every single one of these decisions matters. So if somebody asks you, Hey, what would you like for dinner? Take a moment instead of saying, Oh, I don't care take a moment, think about it and go, you know what? I want sushi or I want a salad or I want a steak and potatoes, whatever it is for you. And what is, what is that craving? Honor that, right? Do you want to watch this movie or that movie? That doesn't mean that you can't compromise, 
right? But you have to start off by stating what it is that you desire. And then it becomes, okay, working together with whoever else you might be working with in that instance. But you never know until you ask. Like we got back to what Christine was talking about a little earlier there is that we, we have to ask first. Um, so that's the first part of this. That's the first uh, thing that we need to just start doing. Um, and, and Sandy, thank you. Uh, it, it that is always my answer too. It, it was always my answer. I'm getting better. Like I said, I'm a I'm a recovering people pleaser. Um, so we, we'll start working on this, right? So what is it that you want, and then share what you want. This again, this doesn't mean you have to be rigid and rude and and all that stuff. It means put out there what you desire, and then if there needs to be a compromise, then you can work from it from that phase. But most of the time we just start with the, I don't care. And then at that point, we've kind of given up our choice, right? We've given up our desires. We've, we've turned it over. We've outsourced our desires to somebody else. And ultimately we know that when we outsource our desires to somebody else, we're going to end up leaving somebody else's life. So that's the first stage of this is just in the little things that you do in, in your business, you know, be, be confident if somebody, if you're working with a customer and they want to do something that you just know is going to be a failure, then what you want to do is do the thing that's right. And so you're going to share that with them and you just have to share that with them in, in such a way that it's educational and, and that it's coming from a, I want this to work for you space. And more often than not, they're going to go, oh, okay, well, I did come to you. I am paying you as the expert here. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. Some people might not. And the great part about that is now, you know, who is not your ideal customer, right? If, if they're not going to fit into what you desire and that's when you have to be okay to say, no, Oh God, I need the job. No, you don't. I, I know it feels like it. And I know every job counts, but the time that you spend on those jobs, on those projects, on those customers that don't ultimately serve your purpose, that don't ultimately serve your desires, is time that you're stealing away from the customers that would come to you if you weren't wasting all of your time with those other customers. So that's where we get into the next phase of this is then we have to get real clear on, on what these things are. And the way that this is all kind of evolve for me is that I have to stop separating business from personal as a business owner. It, it, it's just not possible. And, and honestly, I think even if you're an employee, um, you would be a much better employee if you took this tact, right? Every boss uh, would love somebody that acts like an owner, right? And so, and when, when the boss loves what you're doing, guess what? You move up, you do better, all that stuff. But as a business owner, especially, we have to then get real clear on what it is that we desire. And so uh, that starts with us personally. But again, those things are all tied in together. So ultimately, I'd encourage you to make that 101 goals list that Lou Holtz had shared. Uh, I think I'm at 98. I went through it the other day, though, and I was like, gosh, this is kind of cool. I've checked off a lot more of these than I thought, and I still need to add a few more in there. And um, there's a few that, like, the more I get clarity about what it is that I want, I'm like, ah, I just put that on there because I thought. So, you know, every, it's okay to purge and clean up. But and And I'm not, like, 
checking the ones off the box. I mean, I could, right? There's no reason why I couldn't check something off the box and then load another thing in there. But if your list ends up being 200 things long and you believe you can do that in your lifetime, boom, go for it. Now, but I would encourage you to at least try to shoot for 101 goals because that's going to help you get beyond some of the materialistic. And again, when I share the, the materialistic things, this is not coming from a bad connotation. Those are all things that you deserve. Those are all things that you desire. And there's a reason that you desire them. And, and it's not some negative personality trait that is there. If you are fulfilling your purpose and you're growing in the universe, you deserve those things, those things that you desire. So, um, so that that's kind of the ultimate big thing here is, is to get to that level. Actually, that's kind of the second uh, thing in the row. So let's go back to the first thing though. So the first thing that might be helpful in this, and you'll probably glean a lot of those things for the 101 goals list from starting off by making an I want list. What are the things? And, and, and again, that's normally where we start because it's easy. I can pick that out. You know, I want that phone. I want that. Oh, wow. That's cool. You know, I want the self-driving car. Those are the, those things can really, I think, flow pretty quickly for most of us. And, and if not, that's okay. Right. And so then the next thing, once you've kind of filled out that, I want list, maybe it's 20, 30, 40 items, whatever works for you. Then you make a things, things I would love to do list. Now we start getting into the experiences and those experiences are really um, then leading us into the, the bigger um, picture of the whole thing. And all of these things are tied together. We, we don't realize it as we're doing it, but they're all tied in together. So that's the next thing you make. a And the things I love to do, sorry, looking at the, the notes here again to make sure that I get all of these right for you. Uh, th things I'd love to do. And then we start putting down. So then the next list that we make is the things that you want to do for others, right? The, the things you're going to do to support your community. And, and you make that list. Right? What do you want to be known for? Th this is almost a little bit like writing your obituary. And I know that seems like a morbid thought, but think about that. If you were to write your obituary, all the things that you desire, all the things you'd like to be remembered for, the things you'd like people to say about you, would you not live your life completely different than if you just really didn't know? And you like, what happens if you get to the end of your life and it was insignificant? Would you be okay with that? I, I don't think most people would, you know, definitely not anybody that's spending time here with me this morning. I, I just, I, I know you guys too well, that, that it's not who you are. So thinking about that. So you've got the, the, the things list, the, the, what do you want? And then what do you love to do? What are the experiences? And then what do you want to do for others? And that can then meld into your 101 goals list. And that gives you the big picture, right? And, and then from there, it becomes important to really clarify the vision of things, getting, getting clear on what the ideal life looks like. Um, and I won't get real deep into this if, if anybody wants some more um, time with this, but we, we have people break it up into different segments, but typically there's about nine 
10, seven, nine, eight, 10, you know, somewhere in that range, seven to 10, seven to 12, depending on who you are and what, what the way you look at it. But there, there, there's nine environments is what uh, you'll hear a lot of people talk about. But you've got things like, you know, your, your growth, um, your spirituality, your, um, you know, significant others, uh, people in your life, your family, your friends, your community, your finances, your business, um, you know, the, the creativity, uh, fun, um, just a whole different bunch of different areas of your life. And, and that's what makes us whole, right? We've, we've, if we can live kind of in balance in, in those nine environments, so to speak, it's, uh, it makes for a pretty fulfilling life and, and ultimately for a very fulfilling business. So I know, you know, finance and business were part of that. And so what then I would encourage is to, you know, get real clear on what that ideal life looks like in those areas. So write them out like a story, you know, again, if somebody was creating a movie of your life at its ideal peak of success, what would the nine environments look like? How would you describe that? And, and so get really clear on that. And the reason for that is obviously it's important. So we know where we're going, but this becomes your, almost your internal GPS system. Because as we go throughout the course of our days, as we go throughout the course of running our business, we're always faced with a ton of decisions. What should I do? How do I interact with this customer? Oh my gosh, I forgot about this. How do I overcome that challenge? Um, oh my, the, they're out of this thing. You know, what am I going to do? I've already promised this. All of these decisions come at us on a daily basis. And if we don't have that GPS, if we don't have that clear idea of where we want to head, we have no idea what decision that we need to make. Again, this goes back all the way to empower yourself and that E plus R equals O, you know, the events cause us to have to make a decision. And that decision is what is our response going to be? But if I don't know what I want my outcome to be, then I'm not going to know how to make my response to get to that outcome. So start building that inner, um, excuse me, start building that inner GPS system so you can be really clear about what it is that you desire out of your life. So again, the basic process here is uh, the things that you want, the experiences you want to have, the things you want to do for others, meld that into a big overall goals list, <clears throat> break that down into the environments, areas of your life, and then get real clear on each of those areas about how you want that to be. You know, oh, I want to, I, I want the big house. Well, let's get real specific about that. Where's that house? Where, where's it going to be? All, all that kind of stuff. Or I want the really, uh, you know, well-known business. I want to do things for others. Right. And so how does that look exactly? So, um, all right, let's, uh, let me get this from Christine. I think this is a, I didn't get a chance to read through all of it yet, but let's, let's put it out there. Christine always has great stuff. Um, and talking about the idea that bosses love employees, she says one caveat to that idea of bosses who love employees who act like owners before you make an investment like that in someone else's business, make sure the boss really values that and will compensate you for your efforts. Some bosses are willing to let you invest time and effort, but aren't willing to pay for that. Just something to be aware of and be cautious about. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point, Christine. And that's where then if we can tie back to kind of understanding what we really desire, then you'll be able to act like an owner 
and feel fulfilled in that <clears throat> in that space because you'll also know what you desire, right? The pay, what, whatever it is that that you're wanting out of that relationship that with that boss, and and then by really being clear on it, what it is that you want. Now you've got that GPS. Now you've got that decision maker that when all of a sudden the red flags start going, popping up that, Hey, I'm putting in a lot of effort, but I don't seem to be being compensated instead of just hanging on and, and hoping that things are going to change. We now have a GPS telling us right turn, right turn immediately, get out of this <clears throat> time to go. Right. And we have to listen to that GPS, but that GPS is only accurate if we know where we're heading, right? If I go and just open up my GPS and I just start driving, it's not necessarily going to help me get to where I need to go. Yes, I might be able to see the roads and some of the names and stuff like that. But ultimately, I need to put in my destination for that GPS to help me get there. So um, great point, Christine, and, and thanks for, uh, sharing that. And then Wendy shares, ha, Christine, I had an employee training, uh, others this week. Yes. I added money to his check because that's the right thing. Right. And, and again, it, it, it is a two-way relationship, even though a lot of people think, oh, the boss, they are always right. Just like maybe a customer is always right. You think of a customer as a boss, same thing. It, it is a two-way relationship. We always have to remember that. And therefore your desires are important to you. But then when you're on the other side and you're able to give, right, you're, you're the boss, like, like Wendy here, Hey, I'm asking you to do more. So I'm, you're bringing more value to me. Therefore I'm going to bring more value to you. How you exchange that value has to be mutually agreed upon. So it, it works out. Um, and, and Christine, absolutely hundred percent. It also ties into valuing yourself and what you bring to the table. You have to know your worth before you expect anyone else to perceive it. Totally, totally true, Christine. And that actually leads us really nicely into what we're going to talk about next week in, in reigniting self-trust. You know, we, we talked about the fact that our, our wants, our desires have kind of been snuffed out a little bit. And along the way, also our ability to trust our decision-making process and to trust ourselves has also been, been snuffed out a little bit. So we have to first start believing in ourselves before we can really get into um, the next step where we were setting actual goals. Hi, I'm Kyleen, and you're listening to an episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Do you want to subscribe to the Small Business Saturdays podcast? Head over to smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com. There are tons of ways to subscribe. Click on your favorite and grab all the information about growing your small business. Let me leave you with this. As you're going through this, and and I wish I had it in front of me right now because I don't always remember it exactly right, but this is an important part of this process is, again, don't let what you've been told, you, you don't, your dreams are too big, your desires are out of place, you don't deserve that. All, all of those things that maybe you've heard in your head or maybe you've actually heard out loud from somebody else, don't let that stuff determine what it is that you're going to desire. So it's the quote by Michelangelo that, um, you know what, actually I have it right here. So let me read it word for word here. All right. So the quote is, the greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that it's too low and we reach it. So that that's kind of the last piece that I want to leave you with is, is 
as you're putting those desires out there, again, at first you're going to go, oh, this feels really unnatural. This feels really like negative and, and um, materialistic and greedy and selfish. But get over that as quickly as you can. Just force yourself through it. Keep writing. You may end up scratching. And, and, and ultimately, that's kind of where I got to. Like I said, I've gone back through it and I've said, oh, wow, you know, I didn't actually really want that. I, I was just putting something there that I thought that I wanted. You know, I was trying to fill it in and I was letting those old beliefs stop me. Right. And so that's fine. That gives me more space now to let's get to something that actually fulfills my purpose and, and really fulfills me and makes me feel successful because that's our ultimate goal here. Uh, you know, we get into business, not because we, the money, the money is just the, the marker. We get into business because of what it means to our lives. Can we sustain ourselves? Can we take care of our families? Can, can we provide for others? Can we give back to our communities? All of those things are what really drives us to be in business uh, or, or to go get a job or anything to get out of bed in the morning comes from a place of, what it is in my life that I'm going to do to be satisfied and fulfilled. And, and so we have to make sure that our business is aligned with that. If you're just getting up every day to hustle and grind um, and beat your head against the wall, taking in every job that you can take in and, and being unhappy and um, frustrated and behind and overwhelmed, you know, a, that's going to lead to an early death. I, I know I've got high blood pressure. So, um, and, and B, is that really where you want to end up in life? You know, if, if you can hustle and grind your way into something greater then then more power to you. But like I said, there's a much better way here. We, we can really get clear on focusing on ourselves first and and changing what we think internally will then start to allow us to change what happens externally. So, yes, deep thoughts there for sure, Wendy. So you're you're very welcome. Um and sorry, Christine, I didn't mean to, to suck you in. And I do know that this is your jam. And, and, and I always appreciate you being here and, and sharing because you always bring a ton of insight as well. So see, getting value, giving value, it all works out. So <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, th again, that's what I have for you this week. I uh, appreciate you spending some time with me here on this Saturday. If you have any questions, you want to go into anything, you want to talk more about, um, I think I've done a nine environments, small business Saturday. So I'd point you to that first. But again, anything that I can do to help and support you. So just reach out to me, success at oursuccessgroup.com. And uh, happy to talk, chat, work through anything. Again, my, my purpose is, in, is to empower you guys to achieve your idea of success with actionable resources. So the one thing you'll get from me is always me saying, okay, you have to take the action. Go back to that E plus R equals O or 100% responsibility or empower yourself or whichever way you want to look at it. But my job is to try to point you towards resources that then you can take action with. So there you go. Success at our success That's how you can reach out to me. Thank you so much. Next week, again, talking about reigniting self-trust. And uh, till then, though, you guys have a great rest of your Saturday. Have an awesome week. And we'll talk to you next Saturday. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Small Business Saturday Podcast. We appreciate having you as part of the community of listeners. Tune in for the live video sessions at facebook.com slash aaronmontgomery.info to become part of the active community. You can contact me directly at aaron at montcoconsulting.com. Thanks again for listening.